The dogma of the Blessed Trinity is part of the very foundation of our Catholic faith. It is, as the Catechism tells us, the central mystery of Christian faith and life. The dogma, the teaching, says that there are three divine persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the one true eternal God. Now that may sound rather simple, but as anyone who's ever studied theology or even read the Catechism will tell you, it is not so simple. For example, what does the word person mean in that definition? How can something be one and three at the same time? If the three persons form one God, how can they be distinct from one another? If the Father begets the Son, how can the Son be said to be eternal? And on and on the questions go. This is why volumes upon volumes have been written about the Blessed Trinity in the last 2,000 years of Christian history. So on the one hand, the dogma of the Trinity is highly theoretical. Yet from another perspective, my brothers and sisters, it's a very practical teaching. And I would say that's exactly the way we should expect it to be. If the teaching of the Church about the Trinity is true, and I of course believe it is, and at the same time the triune God created us and everything that exists, then there should be many things about the Trinity that relate to the ordinary, everyday experiences we have as human beings. And that's precisely the way it is. The dogma of the Trinity, for example, reminds us of the importance of family life, the importance of the nuclear family, since it teaches us that God is, in a certain sense, a family of persons, a family of persons united by an eternal bond of love. I noted that at the beginning of the Mass today. That's a very important lesson for people in our day and age, because in our day and age, the traditional family, the nuclear family, is under direct and almost constant attack, especially these days by the people in the so-called woke crowd. Those who believe in the Blessed Trinity should make their family life a priority. Hopefully everyone here does so. The Blessed Trinity also teaches us that we are made to live in loving relationships with other human beings, both within our families and outside of our families. As the old saying goes, no man is an island. We are made in the triune God's image. And within the inner life of the Trinity, the triune God, there are relationships, relationships of love. The Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Spirit, the Spirit loves the Father, etc. This means that those who believe in the Blessed Trinity should always be working to make their relationships with other people better and more loving. Hopefully we do that as well. Believers in the Trinity should also have no difficulty whatsoever in recognizing and avoiding sins like racism, which has been a big topic of discussion in our country in recent months. Believers in the Trinity should have no trouble recognizing and avoiding sins like racism and abortion because believers in the Trinity, they affirm a very important truth, whether they are conscious of it or not. And the truth is this. Those who share the same nature enjoy the same dignity. 
If you forget everything else I say today, try to remember that. It's so key, especially in our world today. Those who share the same nature enjoy the same dignity. What do I mean by that? In the Blessed Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son are three distinct divine persons. However, the Father is not more divine than the Son is. The Son is not more divine than the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is not more divine than the Father or the Son. Each person of the Blessed Trinity shares the divine nature. Consequently, each is to be worshipped as God. Those who share the same nature enjoy the same dignity. In a similar way, every human person, regardless of their age, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their other personal characteristics, every human person has a human nature. And so they deserve to be respected and treated with a certain dignity and respect from the moment of their conception in the womb to the moment of their natural death. As the three persons of the Blessed Trinity share the divine nature and are to be treated accordingly, so every human person has a human nature and is to be treated accordingly. Boy, if we learned that lesson as a people, as a country, we'd have a different nation, believe me. The dogma of the Trinity even has implications for our understanding of marriage and family life. This is something St. John Paul II helped us to understand in his Theology of the Body teachings. And one of those implications concerns so-called gay marriage. As we've all found out in recent years, a state, a society, a country can choose to make this practice legal through a legislative act or through a judicial decision. We have to remember that's all it is, legal. It's not real. And it's not real, that is to say, a gay marriage can never be a marriage in the true sense of the term, precisely because of who God is as a trinity of persons. Because of who we are as human beings made in His image and likeness. Let me explain that. In the Blessed Trinity, the Father loves the Son. He loves the Son with an intense, perfect, eternal love. The love of the Father and the Son is so intense that it's actually another person, the Holy Spirit, who, as the Nicene Creed tells us, proceeds from the Father and the Son. So please notice, in the Blessed Trinity, the love is fruitful. The Father loves the Son, and from that love the Holy Spirit proceeds eternally. That's key. In a speech he gave in Africa back in 1988, St. John Paul II said this. He said, Christian life is a reflection of the life of the Blessed Trinity, where there is mutual giving and receiving of love among the three divine persons. Now that shouldn't surprise us because we're made in God's image and likeness. As I noted earlier, our family lives are to reflect the inner life of the Blessed Trinity because we've been made in the image and likeness of the Blessed Trinity. All that having been said, if a marriage here on this earth is going to reflect the life of the Trinity properly, that marriage obviously has to be fruitful. Or at least it has to have the natural potential to be fruitful. It has to be fruitful, or at least potentially so, because the Father's love for the Son and the Blessed Trinity is fruitful. 
But a so-called gay marriage can never be fruitful, can it? You learn that in Biology 101. Two men cannot have a natural child on their own. Two women cannot have a natural child of their own. It's impossible, biologically. Only the marriage of a man and woman has the natural potential to be fruitful. So of all the reasons that can be mentioned as to why gay marriage is wrong, perhaps the most important one is, it's anti-Trinitarian. It's anti-Trinitarian because the love of the Father and the Son and the Blessed Trinity is fruitful. The love in a gay relationship is not. And it can never be. Conclusion, let me summarize my homily in this way, as I hopefully have made clear in the last several minutes, by revealing himself to us as a trinity of persons. Almighty God has taught us something very important about himself, but not only that, he's also taught us many important things about ourselves and our lives here on this earth. He's taught us about the importance of family life. He's taught us about the need to bring his love into our relationships here on this earth. He's taught us about the dignity we have as human beings created in his image and likeness. He's even taught us about marriage and human sexuality. The only question is, are we as individuals learning these lessons, these important lessons, these crucial lessons that the Lord has taught us? Hopefully we are.